Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 151. Have you heard the one about? Recorded July 5th, 2014, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. Element OP com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Linux show that's not about Linux, but about life in the context of Linux. I am your inimitable, I'm the guy who sits behind the mic, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockroach. And today with me in studio is the, the one, the only, the great one, Seth, the gooey kid Anderson. Hey, Seth. Hello, Mark, and welcome to the Element OP Faithful. And of course, back with us after his... Uh, weekly uh week-long hiatus is the command line godfather mr chris neves hey chris good afternoon everyone how's everything going today so we are recording not that you care uh but because the release will be the same but we're recording on saturday night rather than sunday july 5th the day after independence day in which seth drove all the way from texas to georgia to experience georgia hospitality and lack of heat um, and that's been a, a blessing here. He doesn't, you know, we, we guys from Texas, uh, July 4th is typically a hundred plus. And yesterday the temperature here was even unseasonably cool for Georgia. It was like 84, but didn't stop the people from complaining about how hot it was. And we just kind of looked at each other and <laughs> winked. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have a word for 80 degree highs January through March. <laughs> yeah. It's called winter in Texas. Uh, so we uh, we got together and had uh, um, sort of a giant tailgate thing with a bunch of people, and and there was shrimp and burgers and just stuff, and it was a whole lot of fun. And and then we came back to my house, and I introduced Seth to the wonder that is Anchorman Two, because I found that he had never seen it, and that was a travesty. Um, so that was our Independence Day. Notice I don't say July 4th for the same reason I don't call Christmas December 25th. It was Independence Day. Well, what about you, Chris? What did you do? Uh, well, the start of the day, not a whole heck of a lot. We pretty much got to sleep in and then uh, made some potato salad, and then we went over to a friend's of our house for the third year in a row and shot off about $350 worth of fireworks. So what is that, like two bottle rockets these days? I actually no, that was that was about uh, five and a half hours worth of ordnance. Wow, that's wow. awesome! And that's with three teenage boys running, and no, four teenage boys running around, lighting as much stuff as they can possibly get their hands on. And you know, then the, of course the firecracker war. Um, we didn't have any mortars misfire this year, but we did have a couple of bad rockets that uh, gave us all a good start. But uh, it was a great time. We uh, were up way too late. I think we stopped firing off fireworks uh, just south of 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And there were still people outside, of you know, that we could hear in the distance still firing off the big, you know, big mortars that, you know, make that big bang and then go up and make another big bang yep. and then go up again and make another big bang. And, you know, I bet you from what I was hearing... I don't think very many people stayed legal this year Yeah, in Montana. <laughs> well, you know, when I was younger, it seemed like night came earlier in the day, and you had a lot more time <laughs> after dark to shoot stuff off. But I'm finding as I get older, it must be a cause of global warming or something. It's like when night comes, you've only got a couple of hours to get everything in before it's over. Um, yep. 
And you're a lot more tired for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Darn global warming, George Bush, how dare you? Yes. Yeah, no kidding. But the nice thing is, at least over here, up in you know southern Canada, as Mark likes to call it, uh, we get to shoot them off until, so we get to do them today and tomorrow, and then I think even into Monday, we can still light off ordinance and not get in trouble. See here, you you can do it anytime. You can't do it in the city limits, but you can do it anytime. You can only purchase them, uh, I think, for the, the like a month before. Uh, in Texas, it's two weeks before the fourth and the week between Christmas and, and New Year's Eve. Uh, but in Louisiana, at least it used to be, they sold all year round. So we used to jump over. It's only about three hours from where I live to Louisiana, so we'd jump over the border and stock up. I mean, other people. <laughs> That I knew used to do that because it's not legal to transport them across state lines. Yeah. What I, what class do you guys get down there? Just out of curiosity. Uh, we have no C? class. No, I, I don't know. You don't know. No, in Texas, you know, there's the there's the big bottle rockets that were still legal, but the little ones that were about the size of a firecracker, those got outlawed um, sometime when I was a kid, and. I heard rumors that people would drive to Louisiana where they were legal and buy just um, grosses and grosses and grosses of them and come back and distribute to their friends. Not um, that you have any firsthand knowledge of that. Yeah, but you know, but that kind of ties in with our whole show topic today. It's, it's something I, I <laughs> something heard, about. heard about. Yeah, friend of a friend. There you go. I I have a great Independence Day story about fireworks, and I, I, this is this is already going to be a super long show, but I'm going to tell it. Um, I was uh, with a, a band in college, and, and one of the things we did uh, to raise money was we rented out our sound system uh, because we, you know, we'd invested all this money in it. And being the protective sound guy that I was, I didn't let that thing go anywhere that I didn't go with it. So they got the sound system and a sound guy. So I'm in a little town called Lone Oak, Texas, on uh, their Independence Day celebration, and um Billy Joe, Bubba Jack, and Jim Bob managed to get a hold of some some professional grade fireworks. Mm-hmm. And you know, anytime you've gone to a municipal show, they're like a mile away doing the show, and you're in a parking lot or something watching it. Now, Billy Joe, Bubba Jack, and Jim Bob, or whatever I said, were seventeen feet away. They were like oh, we were at this no. pavilion, right? It was like a, at a park area. There's a little pavilion, and the the people had their lawn chairs, and and you could, I mean. They were close enough you could toss them a beer, all right? And they were launching these mortars that go up, you know, a 1,000 feet in the air or whatever, 500, whatever it is, and blow up. Well, I learned that day that the guys on the ground under those things spend that whole time dodging flaming embers from all the stuff that fall back down. So there's a bunch of drunk rednecks sitting around, and... Hellfire starts to rain down on us shortly after the the uh, the fireworks <laughs> display begins, and this one lady I remember literally it it landed in the lawn chair beside her, caught fire. She just poured her beer on it and went on with what she was doing. <laughs> I, I'm guessing they do this regularly because nobody cares. I'm I'm running, covering up all my stuff, trying to get things undercover, and I'm scared for my life. And at one point, this mortar falls sideways. Launches into the crowd, blows up. People dodge and dive and whatever. They put the fire out. They put their lawn chairs back down. They give each other a fresh beer and they continue on with the show. I was scared out of my wits. 
<laughs> but these people were either too drunk or or too dumb to care, and it went on. I mean, they went they had the full on half hour show with just just stuff go falling down on us, and and it was so high up you had to like crane your neck or like lay back. A lot of guys had actually laid down on the ground to look up because it was so high up. And I was I, I I swore never to do that again. I would never, no matter how much they paid me, go back to Lone Oak, Tech, Lone Oak Texas on July fourth. <laughs> yeah, and in reference to your earlier comment, Mark, I do believe Lone Oak is a dry city. So. <laughs> If that helps. That doesn't mean they weren't plenty drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, so, uh, anyway, that's that's my story about Independence Day. Chris, you have uh, uh, a bit of news. I think you mentioned it last week, but uh, this week you, uh, you began your brand new occupation. I did. I did start my new job for XTO Energy. Um, and so far, uh, of course, it's only been one week, so they're taking it easy on me. And just making me drive all over creation up here where it takes three hours to get from one location to another. Um, but so far, it's just been run-of-the-mill IT work. You know, reset this password. Did you turn that thing on? Uh, you forgot your password. Okay, let's reset it. Ah, yes. But, of course, I can't do any of those resets myself. I have to call the help desk line and say, okay, Johnny Joe forgot his password again. Please reset his password to, you know, big cookie or something. And then, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then of course the change between like Mark, you were talking about having all the power and then being reduced down yep. to a lab monkey. Yep. Um, yeah, I went from all the power to a flea on the lab monkey because <laughs> yeah. we, Literally can't do much of anything other than call the desk and say, "Okay, this thing needs to be reset. I need the bit, the BitLocker recovery key or whatever." And just, just uh, recently, I called the help desk and explained to the guy how to do his job. I had this seven dollar an hour employee, uh, straight out of high school. I called him up and said, this needs to be done. And I was like, okay, here's what you do. You open up your Active Directory <laughs> Management Console. You go here. You click here. You do this. You want to drag this user into this container. I was like, oh, this is terrible. How do they trust that guy to do it? And they won't trust me to do it. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't run across any of those issues because most every time I've called the help desk during that last week, it was, you know, so-and-so did this. I need this reset. And then it was, okay, it's done. You know, email, instant message back through Microsoft links and, uh, it was all done. So I will give them this much. They definitely have things well laid out and the people that are in their roles know their roles really well so far. Cool. Yeah. Link is pretty cool if they have it fully integrated and someone there who knows how to run it and doesn't just think it's the uh, same thing as Yahoo Messenger. So, yeah. Well, so far, all I've seen it done is, is uh, Yahoo Messenger type instant messages or video conferencing. But uh, it is fully integrated. When I logged in, I didn't do anything to the links, and it was automatic, auto magically configured. So I was kind of impressed. Yeah. We have Link at our at our place of business, but none of the machines have cameras because that's a security risk. So so much yep. for video conferencing, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, so, so Seth, you you broke the bank this week, literally. Yes. Um, you know, they did the whole quarter thing, one quarter for each state, and it took like, I don't know, 87 years for them to do all the states. But I had been saving, um, I had been putting every quarter that wasn't like a regular thing 
aside. And so one day this past week, I was like, okay, I'm going to go through and I'm going to do the whole sort out, do one for each mint per each state. And I'll end up with a hundred quarters tops. And so I started doing the pile, you know, first thing I'm doing, this is a Philadelphia mint. This is a Denver mint, you know, Philly, Philly, Philly. And then I just looked at the pile and I went, nope. I'm going to roll these puppies and I'm just going to cash it out. It was nice working with your quarters. You're out of here. And I ended up with over $110 worth of quarters that I had amassed in that time. And, uh, I actually, I ran out of my quarter rolls, so I still have some of them, but I rolled up everything I had and took it to the bank. And that's part of the money I'm using just to play around and do whatever with. But yeah, I had, I had well over a hundred dollars in state quarters. Yeah, we wow. went to dinner the other day, and he paid with quarters. I wondered about that. <laughs> no, he really didn't. Uh, nice. Well, you know, that's you should have kept going. I wonder how many years were you saving? Often, pretty much. Um, whenever money wasn't tight, um, I started at McDonald's. Um, in the late nineties. So, well, no, I mean, early, huh. I think two thousand two or something like that. It's about when I started, and I would just go through and whenever I would just you know, okay, that one's one, put them out. I didn't always do it, but I tried to. And like I say, I had, you know, that's over 400 quarters that, um, that I had amassed over that time. That's pretty nice. Yeah. That's a pretty good savings of quarters. Um, I've done the same thing, but not with quarters, but just in general, the change jar. Yeah. And when I cashed in the change jar, uh, I think I ended up with about $400 worth of miscellaneous change wow that's a lot of change yeah that was before of course debit cards were you know everyone's friend yeah i found out that since i do mostly credit cards now it takes me a lot longer to build up change than right when i was a kid i always had change but now i rarely do so, Strange how that happens. because this has become sort of the movie cast I, i'll mention that seth and i went today and saw um um edge of tomorrow with uh tom cruise uh i give it a b minus it's uh groundhog day meets battle los angeles um interesting it's uh they went ah, i can't even say it um never mind i was i was gonna make a comment on what i thought was the biggest weakness of it but i can't because it's a massive spoiler um so you know i mean you know the previews he the through a freak set of circumstances every time he dies he goes back 24 hours um and instead so instead of dying right so he's he's in he's in this this battle scenario where he's fighting to win a war and anytime he gets knocked down or uh fails an objective or whatever he's obliged to kill himself to keep going or to die fighting or whatever um and you it's interesting of course the first couple of times they do it you replay the whole scene to give you the you know the emotional thing but then once you're familiar with it they just start jump cutting to different parts of the day and i really think they handled that well so that you don't get bored uh again same way groundhog day did it after a while you, you figure out the where he is in his day um and it's it's exciting uh, uh you know good special effects uh the musical score i thought was really good overall you know it's a b minus it's it's a uh, not Tom Cruise's best work, but uh, it's worth seeing. So, how old is he now? One hundred and seventy-three. I mean, I, <laughs> if you told me that that actor on the screen was younger than me, 
or my age at least, I could totally believe it. So I don't know how he still looks the same way he did in the nineties, pretty much. Tom uh, Cruise was fifty two years old uh on Saturday on Thursday. Holy wow. He's Makeup really is a wonderful thing. Yeah. I'm well, sure. makeup and working out. I mean, when I say this often about these guys, when your whole job is to look good, you know, you're going to do it. He has, yeah. he works out 10, 12 hours a day because he's got 10, 12 hours a day to do it. Um, yeah. Except for when he's on sets, then he has to focus right. on his set work. But yeah, I bet you he eight out his eight hours a day, like for us, is sitting behind keyboards, his eight hours a day is in a gym. Yeah, so definitely. So, okay, enough about that. Uh, let's jump straight into our listener feedback. Just got a couple of this week. Um, uh, four, actually. And the first two, as I always I give critics first shot at me, the first two are criticizing me uh, for thinking nobody ever criticizes Chris or Seth, just me. <laughs> um, this is from John, uh, who thinks I misunderstood the three-fifths compromise. Um, and so here we go. He says, hello, Mark. I loved your aerial rant right up until dumb is calling a slave three-fifths of a person. You're far too smart and much too uh, and too much a patriot not to be corrected on the matter. Three-fifths. It was perhaps as small as the uh, abolitionists could no- negotiate. Zero would have been best. The clause in question does not create... Uh, declare anyone to be three-fifths of the person, nor does it directly reference slavery. It merely lays out the way representation is apportioned. Paraphrasing, you take the number of free persons, exclude untaxed Indians, and three-fifths of the number of other persons. Uh, There are three meant ideal things in that case. Uh, First, it doesn't directly reference slaves or slavery. Uh, This minimizes the ability to use its inclusion as a constitutional precedent condoning slavery. It merely references other persons. Second, it doesn't declare any of the three-fifths of if another. Um, neither in value nor in any other way. It's transactional, arithmetic, a clinical formula uh, for apportioning apportioning representation and taxation. Finally, it's abolitionist. Everyone who uses that clause uh, uses that clause as a sign of racism in the Constitution, but it's the opposite. The only reference to slavery in the Constitution prior to its outright abolition abolition was itself abolitionist in nature. Zero would have been better. Three-fifths was where they had to settle. How? I probably don't have to say at this point, but just in case, slaves don't vote, but their masters do, and their masters are politically influential. By reducing the mathematical weight and a, quote, other person has apportioning congressional districts, you decide the political weight of slave owners in Congress. So there you have it, the most misunderstood sentence in the Constitution. All right, so, John, I'm uh, John, right? I'm not going to disagree with anything you said. However, you took me, you mistook my meaning. I, I mentioned this and prohibition as two stupid things that are on par with the Aereo thing, neither of which, by the way, are Supreme Court decisions. I was not uh, saying that what the Supreme Court had done here was equal to those things, only that it was equal in stupidity. Uh, the Supreme Court, by the way, doesn't make laws. They adjudicate laws. We have some uh, activist judges in our world, uh, country today who think they do make laws, but fortunately, they still don't have that power. So what I was doing was comparing the the wrongheadedness of the line of thought to both thinking you could uh, 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 abolish alcohol and referring to a slave as three-fifths of a person. Yes, uh, the Constitution doesn't specifically say a slave is three-fifths of a person, but that's exactly what it was. And yes, it was all about deciding how many rep- members of Congress uh, of people have 
uh, a state has and how much of a tax burden they pay. So slave owners wanted to wanted their slaves to count for representation, but didn't want their slaves to count for taxation. Um, and so it was a big thing, and it was a three. It was a compromise. Three fifths was a number they came up with that would make both parties less unhappy. So I understand all that, and I'm I'm fine with you bringing it out, and that's why I read your email because I think a lot of people don't understand that. But I wasn't referring to it in that. I was referring to the wrongheadedness of thinking of a slave as three-fifths of a person. And you can call it arithmetic. You can call it whatever. But that's what it was. They they drew the line and said a slave is not a person. A slave is three-fifths of a person. And the reason I think it's stupid is, like you, it, it should have been zero because a, a slave had no rights. So to give them any any number at all is to say that they're people and the whole the whole slavery thing is that they're not people. They're not citizens. They don't have rights. And so I think that both sides screwed up on that one. The, the people who wanted them to count didn't discounted them to the point where they weren't real people. The people who wanted them not to count uh, screwed up in that they admitted that they had some value. So I think it was a lose-lose proposition. And that's why I, I called it one of the dumbest things in history. Secondly, I was riffing. Give me a break. I was in mid-rant. I was just extemporizing and just saying what came to mind as I went. I didn't put a whole lot of thought into that. So back off just a little bit, John, and, and internet at large. I'm not, I'm not angry with you. I'm just saying uh, when I'm in that mode, and I've, I fully classified it as a rant, um, you, have to, you have to give me some fluidity of thought and don't think that I misunderstood the historical significance of it because I maybe misapplied the point. That's all I got to say about that. Any, any comment, guys? No, not really. You kind of summed it up, I think. Yeah, you, you didn't listen to the show. I know you didn't, so I didn't even <laughs> expect you to say anything. Yeah, no, but I think, you know, it's like it's what he's saying is not wrong. Right. But he, I don't think he understood what you were saying. So, um, or, you know, you, what you certain things are hot button issues for you. And when you hear somebody mention a hot button issue for you, you have a predetermined um, script in your head kicks off and you're no longer listening to them. You're getting ready for your response because somebody said something you're passionate about. Yeah. That's, so I get that much love, John appreciate the, the history lesson. Um, and I, as you allude to, I'm very much a scholar of, of history and, and a Patriot. Uh, the next bit of, uh, criticism comes from our good friend, the door to door geek via a voicemail. So let's listen to that. Hello, Mark. Hello, Seth. Hello, Chris. Door to door geek, aka Steve McLaughlin. Mark, I love you. I'm going to extremely nitpick and call you out hardcore. Okay, let the mini rant begin now. Mark, last podcast, Supreme Court, Ario. You said something undeniably in hindsight obsessively wrong, and I use the word obsessively almost poignant. Everybody I know that has went to college or higher learning for any length of time has this uh, unconfirmed, unsubstantiated connection between higher education and intelligence. And to quote you, you said, I don't understand how these higher educated in 
intelligent people can make such a decision. The two are not mutually exclusive. To be intelligent, you do not need to be higher educated, and to be higher educated does not mean you're in your intelligence. In fact, the stupidest people I know graduated college, and that's because I look at stupidity, the worst kind of stupidity, as the kind of people that think they're smart. Um, so I'll just say higher education does nothing in the realm of IQ, intelligence. It can have a lot to do with your understanding and your wisdom about culture and math and sciences, but not actual intelligence. Yes, I know it's a nitpick. Yes, I know it's a rant. Yes, I probably said one or two words there wrong because I'm not higher educated. But to make a direct correlation between the two, I think, is extremely flawed. And I have no doubt in my mind some of the stupidest people in America have been on the Supreme Court because there's no genuine test for IQ to be on the Supreme Court. In fact, there's no test to be on the Supreme Court. Thanks for the show, guys. Please keep up, please keep up the good work. All right, Dor. So let's let's take this a piece at a time. Uh, first off, what I said was highly educated, intelligent people, not higher educated. And there's a reason I said that. Uh, I certainly agree with you that there are educated idiots and there are uneducated uh, geniuses. Though that is certainly true. However, in this particular case, I was referring to the fact that they are educated in the law. They are at the pinnacle of their uh, career. In that respect, they are supposed to know more through their education about the law than anyone else. Hence, they are highly educated. Also, I called them intelligent because I believe they are. Um, wrong-headed does not mean stupid. So, just because I don't agree with Ruth Gator Bader Ginsburg a large percent of the t- percentage of the time doesn't mean I don't think she's intelligent. So, I was giving them credit for being both highly educated and intelligent. I didn't mean to imply that you cannot be one without the other. And and I think, Seth, uh, you mentioned earlier, I think we hit one of Doors' hot buttons there uh, in equating education and intelligence. You do need a certain amount of intelligence to be educated, but you don't necessarily have to be educated to be intelligent. So I'm with you on that, door. But in that case, I was not making that correlation. However, I was giving the nine justices of the U.S. Supreme Court credit for being both highly educated and being intelligent. And yet at the same time, I believe the decision they made was um, perhaps uneducated in the in the, the methodology of the of the technology and was was just plain wrong. I don't think I called it dumb. Uh, and yeah, I'm gonna stand by that. It was dumb. It was just it was not thinking. It was it was not taking all the variables variables into indicate in the consideration. So, yeah, it was a, a case of inte- educated people, intelligent people behaving in an uneducated, unintelligent way. So there you go. It's behaving in a field outside of their intelligence. And basically, Mark, if you can just go back to what I said about the previous thing and just rewind that, yeah, just do and that just again. Play it right there. I think it actually fits better there. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, so I hit one of Doors' hot buttons, uh, and you know, I'm fine. I get that. Uh, there, there is a certain degree of arrogance that comes with education, and no, 
nobody is exempt from that. That's why you get the the tool in the support forum for an open source project because he is educated in that thing. The arrogance comes with it. So you know it's it's a it's a thing that happens and something we have to guard against. Well, and the, you also get that exact same pride with intelligence minus the education well i didn't have to go to college to be this smart i'm better than you because i didn't go to college but yet i know this stuff you paid lots of money to learn um so you know it's just you're prideful about yourself and whether yourself is you went through and you earned your diploma that's your source of pride or you picked up the learning on the streets and got your cred that way that's your source of pride and it's a case where i know this i'm only speaking about what i do you know i'm smarter than you i'm better than you and i'm going to figure out some way to lord that over your head you know I know I do that, and as weird as I am, I think in that respect, that is a trait I share with a large portion of the planet. All right, so I have been officially taken to task by two members of our audience. Let's move on to something a little more lighthearted. Rick does an official everyday Linux spit take. He says, I just put together a Linux box and decided to give XFCE a spin. While I was looking through the available programs, I found one called Gigolo. I didn't know what it was, so I went to look at the website, uh, and I looked it up, and I, it, it's used to mount remote file systems. Okay, fine, but in the program description, it says, quote, about the name Gigolo, you may ask why it's called Gigolo, a strange name for an application, but actually, it fits pretty well for what it does. It mounts what it's told to. I almost spit out my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love cr- that one. That awesome. is probably my favorite um my favorite description of any program of all times. I I have no comment. So I will move right on to Nige, <laughs> who praises, uh, sings the praises of Abby Word in LibreOffice. He says, hi, I enjoyed the discussion on protecting old data in episode 149. This is a real concern of mine. In my experience, all type of digital storage seem to suffer decay of one kind or another often in a much shorter time frame than most people expect. I think the only real solution is to periodically back up the backups, making multiple copies and storing them in a geographically different locations. A problem with cloud storage is that we don't really know how data is being archived and how resilient those arrangements are. We just trust that the provider has it all in hand. This may not be such a good idea if your whole business depends on it. Your point about uh, format conversion was interesting. It's not widely known that both LibreOffice and Abbey Word can run as command line applications and be used to convert uh, a, a wide variety of document formats. There's some overlap, of course, but between them, they can handle just about any document format that's been in common use in the last 30 years. Regards, Nige. So there you go. Uh, I didn't know about the command line functionality. I've always done it one document at a time. Uh, but those those are two tools for you there if you've got a batch of documents that need to be converted. You will probably lose formatting, but you can keep the text, and that's the important thing. Yeah, I'm not going to say I knew about them because I I did know about a couple of them, but I, yeah, those those command line switches for those two programs are absolutely yeah. godsends if you don't know about them. I've used cool. uh, LibreOffice and OpenOffice many times to uh, to convert. Kid, you know, when I was at school, kid brings in disk from Microsoft Works 3.0 on his great aunt Tilly's computer. Yep. And when wants to drop it in on Office 2007 or 2010, uh, I fire up LibreOffice, open it, reconvert it. We're good to go. So, 
Yep, it's a thing, and it works. Cool. Yay, command line. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> You're so enthusiastic, Seth. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hey, you know it's got its uses, but you know, come on. All right, so now let's move on to our tech news of the week. As always, Seth has overproduced in the category uh, of of news, so we probably won't hit it all. But the first one we got to hit. He says Google founders saving themselves from Skynet, which of course they are in the process of creating. Right. Um. You know, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. You know, somehow they're going to survive. And who knows? Maybe they're just the first Terminators that were sent back in the future. Uh, and, you know, and that's if, if you watched, what was it? The Sarah Connor show? Yeah. Or? Sarah Connor mm-hmm. Chronicles. Yeah. Um, but yes, there's a, um, uh, there's a killer dash robots dot text file. And, um, so any T1000 or T800s out there, they are not, uh, you know, they're disallowed Larry Page and Sergey Brin. So they're safe. Um, like I say, maybe more proof that they're, they're terminators sent from the future back to the past to bring Skynet about. Yeah, so if you don't know, robots robots.txt is a, a a file that you can put in the uh root directory of any um uh, web thing. Uh Google created it. I think Google it, Google had a hand in creating it anyway. And it will instruct a search engine with what to do with your page, as in ignore it completely. If you don't want your top secret stuff um indexed for the world, you can put a robots.txt file that says disallow all uh and it will. And most other search engines now uh, honor that. And so uh, on the 20th anniversary of the robots.txt file, they unveiled a killer-robots.txt file that says for the T-1000 and the T-800s disallow Larry Page and Sergey Brin. So that's cool. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. I almost thought about taking this out and making it uh, my This Week in History, but I already had a good one for that. So decided we would cover it as a news story instead. All right, and uh, in in the news story, perhaps the most uh, overused, over um, uh, hyped news story of the week, Facebook admits that they are actively trying to make you feel a certain way. Yes, um, I the one not the one thing, but among the many things I hate Facebook for and one that would be at the top of the list is the way they jack with the timeline. I wish, I don't care what they do. If they would just give me an option that says, I don't care, leave it in chronological order, period. Um, I would be happy, but you know, they always change it. And on the mobile, it's really bad. Even if you go away and come back, you have to go and reset, um, to, you know, most otherwise it's whatever they consider a top story. And basically, you know, I think that there's some, you know, will they spin and sacrifice blood to determine that. But, um, last week they revealed it had manipulated the news feeds of over half a million randomly selected users to change the number of positive and negative posts they saw. And it was part of a psychological study to examine how emotions can be spread on social media. So the story came out that they did it and they're like, yeah, we did it. And we're sorry. We didn't let you know up front, but you know, we're Facebook and 
you know, just move for us and make us money is kind of what they did. Yeah. And it's not a question of they, they, what they did was illegal. It wasn't because your terms of service, you basically allow them to screw with you however you want and how, or however they want. Um, yeah. I, what the thing about this and, and I've alluded to it a couple of times in the, in the show notes below, uh, that we'll talk about in a minute. And, and that is, uh, Facebook. Most people think that you, friend someone on facebook and you see what they post that that could not be farther from the truth um my wife for example you would think i mean i have that on facebook it says relationship wife you'd think they would consider her posts to be of great weight to me i almost never see her posts on my feed i have to go to her page to look at pictures of my own kids uh, for example, because because uh, I don't see it, and Facebook, in their great wisdom, have decided I don't need to see that. Maybe they think that I already know everything that's going to be there. I don't know, um, but you know what I would love, and and every t- I get those surveys from time to time. We all do, and when I get them, I always say, when I click on follow somebody, let me follow them. That's what I want. Um, I want it Twitter style. Speaking of Twitter, one of the most ridiculous things I saw this week is quoted in this article. Uh, politi- a privacy ac- accurate activist, Lori Lauren Weinstein, wrote a Twitter post that said, quote, I wonder if Facebook killed anyone with their emotion ma- manipulation stunt. Oh, please. Um, that's welcome to overreaction land, population you. Yeah, um, no kidding. Population Facebook, basically. Yeah. So, frankly, I don't have a problem with this. This is, I mean, this is testing your product to create a better user experience, right? And so they're using this data, and if they figure out that if we show you happy posts, you'll be a happy person, every designer of anything wants happy users, so they will con- they will construct my Facebook feed in such a way that it makes me happy. How is that a bad thing? Yeah. Um, as as long as they do that, leaving everything in chronological order, I'll be happy. <laughs> yes. You know, um, I don't care what you do as long as you don't mess with the chronological order. Um, and if I'm if I'm friends with somebody, that means I want to follow them. I shouldn't then have to go through and put them in a group and add that group and then say follow them and then go into Facebook.com slash I really mean it and check that I still want to follow yeah. them, um, you know. But yeah, that that's the thing I hate. And it's a lot of it is driven by the likes and the comments. I don't mm-hmm. like anything on Facebook ever. I mean, if you look at my entire history, there might be two likes on it. I just don't do it. It's a stupid button. Like. No, I mean, if I like something, I will like it. I will enjoy the fact that it exists. I don't need the validation of a little blue thumb that says Mark likes this. And when I post something and somebody likes it, I don't care. Uh, frankly, it's annoying to get that little pop-up. 17 other people like this. Good for them. Awesome. <laughs> I don't care. But I understand I'm, you know, I'm a robot devoid of human emotions. Um, I get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what Facebook wants. I think you were us. going for sheep, but that sounded much more cow-like than you intended. Well, no, no. You They're know, hurting. Okay. You know, we're just herd animals. You know, we're there. People make more money, I think, off cows than sheep. There you go. Um, So, so anyway, there's more funny sheep jokes. 
So the way to to see my <laughs> wife's stuff would be to like it and to go click the stupid little button. Having said all that, please go like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LMNOP. <laughs> I don't care if you do or not. I literally would have to be unconscious to care any less about whether or not you like our page. I don't know when the last time I've went to our Facebook page. There's nothing there. There's no reason for you to go there. I, for a while, I had an automated script that posted every time a new show came out. The company stopped working, and I didn't care enough to go update it. I, I don't care. I'm a bad social media person. I need I need a community member. I need one of you guys out there to say, I am super stoked about so, social media. Let me run your Facebook page. I will hand over the, the controls because... I couldn't care less. All right. Well, there it is. Russia cares about their uh, population's personal data so much that it's now illegal to store your stuff outside of Russia. Wow. Yes. Um, They have passed this law, and they're giving you until – they're giving us until 2016 – um, but it was passed by the Russian parliament, and this happened on July the 4th. So Independence Day, yay! Um, I don't think it means the same thing there. Yeah, but um, the new law requires that companies doing business in Russia open data centers inside the country by 2016 or face being blocked. Um, companies such as Twitter, they don't have a presence in Russia, so, you know, I mean, they're either going to have to open up something or, you know, be blocked. So in one way, it's kind of cool because it's a, it's a country, at least on the surface. And again, you know, how big of how much of a conspiracy hat do you want to wear? But you could look at this on the surface and say, it is a country looking to protect its users in an increasing, increasingly digital age. And if the data is stored somewhere else, then they have no control over it. This way, they at least have the opportunity to possibly control it somehow. Um, but again, I know you can look at the conspiracy thing and say, you know, uh, big brother, blah, blah, blah. I don't, all I need to, I don't even need to say that you already know. <laughs> all right. I got nothing more to say about that. Uh, so I will say in the, I'll believe it when I see it category. Um, Qualcomm says that they're going to make Wi-Fi that's faster than copper. Well, mm. yeah, well, they purchased Willow City, which is a startup that makes Wi-Fi chips that support multi-gigabit streaming in the 60 gigahertz band. I mean, dude, that's freaking awesome. So what they're saying is you, you'll theoretically be able to have a 7 gigabit throughput. Right now, wow. uh, Cat5e, or Cat6e, rather, is is capable of 10 gigs. So uh, they're rivaling copper. And I've I've said for many years, copper will always be faster than radio waves. And I stand by that because I frankly don't believe this. Maybe they'll come up with something, but freaking 802.11n still doesn't work very well. Right. I mean, yeah. It's still, it's theoretically capable of 300 megabits if you're six inches away. Otherwise, no. So I just, I don't buy it. Sorry. Well, yeah. And the, um, they're calling this Y gig. Um, their current maximum was like 4.6, but it had to be in the same room. So yeah. any type of physical barrier would greatly reduce or eliminate the speed. Um, you know, I mean, I love having the wire because, you know, once you broadcast it in the air, you know, n- not, not that you can really secure wire once it leaves your property, but 
you know, if you broadcast it in the air, unless you're building a big Faraday cage around your land, um, anybody can pick it up. So I like copper just from the uh, security get off my lawn aspect. But I mean, this I gotta admit, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, even if you could get, if you could reliably do one gig, um, that's that's huge. Then you can do, you know, you can do video, you can do HD and all of that kind of stuff, real time things and not, you know, one person not destroying it for everybody else. Yeah. I, the, yeah. the physics of it make it difficult um, because you're dealing with extremely short. Band. If you've ever wondered why you can get AM radio when you can't get anything else, it's because AM radio waves are 400 yards long. They're longer than an average soccer field, um, World Cup. Using I'm being relevant, relevant people. Wow, um, that's, and so that's impressively relevant. So they can go through a wall. They can go through a building. They can go through a, a bunker without any problem because there's so much of it there. So we're talking in the uh, what was it six gigahertz range twenty? What well, I have already closed that thing. Uh, sixty gigahertz. Sixty gigahertz. So right now the five. 5 gigahertz is the standard. So that wavelength is microscopic, and any little thing can blow it up. Now we're, we're 12 times that. So we're talking peak-to-peak -peak waves in the nanometer range at that point. And that's why even the thinnest piece of, of sheetrock wall will blow that up. It just can't get through that. It, it, you can disrupt the whole thing. So it, in the wavelength, it's all about how much of the signal gets disruptive. So in a 400-yard wave, you could knock out... 40 feet of it and there's still a lot of data available in a nanometer when you're talking teeny tiny tiny any uh, i mean at, at some point you get get down to the point where atoms themselves disrupt the signal when you get really small and that's why i think we're going to have to figure out some other way than just making the air vibrate i think i think we have reached the physical limit of making the air vibrate Subspace. I'd love to be wrong about that. Please make me wrong about that, engineers. Subspace. Yes. Some other. Some, there's got to have to be something like that. Yeah. There have. We'll have yeah. to find some new String theory. Right. String theory. That'll do it. <laughs> but when when you're dealing with copper and with fiber optic, that's that's encased. So mm -hmm. this that that's not a big a problem. And uh, you know, with with electrons running over copper, there you know the rules. They're pretty clear. And you can compensate for them. That's where twisted pair comes from. You have your, you have them twisted in such a way that they cancel out the negative effects of the other, and together they make each other stronger. Yep. Uh, that's how you know. And with fiber optic, it's you just how good is your mirror? How well can you bounce that beam of light uh, and even boost it? Uh, so, weight radio waves are a whole different thing. I mean, Marconi started this almost a hundred, almost two hundred years ago now, and uh, we're still still working on that. Uh, anyway, it'd be cool if they could actually get it to work so they, you know, it could and, you know, give you that performance. It would make life a little bit easier for all the IT people who have to pull wire, put them out of, well, it would put them out of work, but right. there's always going to be a need for wire. Um, even in my house, I got N, um, no, I got AC, I got the AC spec on a router or not a wire, uh, an access point, and that thing fails more often than not. Yeah. You know, I'm in yeah, the same room. I'm in the same house. I mean, it's, yeah, it's only I, going through sheetrock. I dropped my N router back to G because just going from the basement to, I mean, it's right now 12 feet above me through a six inch floor joists and it was unreliable. 
So I dropped it back to G to anyway. I spent, when I went to college, by the way, when I first went there, it was with the intent to be a physics major. So when I talk about these physics things, it's because that's that's what excites me. Uh, Mr. Calculus let me know that I didn't need to be a physicist. Um, right. So, But I can still play one on the radio. Uh, Facebook right. is going to feature heavily in this show for a lot of reasons. So let's do it one more time. But this is a good one. Facebook runs Linux. Yeah. Um you know the guy the the butters uh, file system creator chris mason he is now employed by facebook and he is unequivocally he is unequivocal about the primacy of linux in facebook's storage infrastructure um his thought is if it runs on a computer and it's storing important data he said it's running linux and uh, you know so facebook is championing the linux cause so see i, I mean as much as I enjoy bashing Facebook, and that's part of my shtick, um, you know, I give it up when they do something right. And here, they're advancing the, they've done a lot to advance the open source cause and Linux in particular. Um, so yeah, they are all about Linux on the inside. Doom, doom, well, doom, it, doom. I was going to say, according to the article, you know, if they're moving, 450 gigabytes per second of traffic they would need something you know robust and secure um and the the article quoted saying that they they're using 11 petabytes of storage that's a lot of space and a lot of movement yeah um uh, facebook's look back video project that helped underline the scale of many facebook plans 11 petabytes of storage use and a peak outgoing bandwidth of 450 gigs a second so you know basically they need something a little bit more reliable and a little bit faster than my home internet connection to do that. <laughs> yeah. so uh but yeah, you know, and, and there, there's a lot in this article about how Facebook, you know, they have, it's apparently a pretty demanding company to work for if you're on the development side. But, you know, I mean, they're worth a lot of money and they have billions to buy stupid apps, uh, in the world. I, I'm still, I still can't believe how much they paid for what's, what, what's that? Yeah. WhatsApp or whatever it was called. Yeah. So 500, a billion people use facebook every day so they say well no i i don't think uh i think a billion people have active accounts i don't think they well, use okay. it every so day. yeah a billion active users so let's say a small fraction of those actually use it there's still a whole bunch of people uh using facebook and and we see this often any of the large scale um um implementations need linux you you it's because it was built to do that. It was built to do it well. And as we've often talked about, the best way to to be employable is to to know how Linux how to do Linux. And the best place to do that that I know of is at the Linux Academy, where you can go and you can uh, go from being a, a, a Linux novice to a Linux uh, administrator by way of their step by step video courses that uh, that's designed to take you toward the road of certification. Certica- certification of course is designed to take you down the road to get a job. So Linux Academy is all about getting you a job indirectly so they do this by the way of uh, over 200 step-by-step videos with pdf study guides and and uh, 
uh, lesson plans and quizzes and and all these things that I've talked about before. Uh, you just need to go check it out. Don't take my word for it, but go check it out for yourself. Start your 14-day trial for a buck. Uh, throw them a dollar just to let them know you're serious, uh, and and they'll give you 14 days to look around, and you can see that they the you can uh, browse their, their module system and see how their things are broken down logically and how they tell you step-by-step, uh, step, this is about how much time we expect this to take, and these are the steps that you're going to do, and so you can really make your plan ahead of time, and how you can you can start this this down this path and and if you don't like it you can jump and go down this path and their whole system tracks your progress and so you'll know where you're going to go 14 days is going to cost you a dollar you can look around you can look at videos you can download the time-coded pdf study guides that show you that at this point in the video this happens so that you can go back and rewind it you can play with the uh the uh up to eight different uh, virtual lab uh virtual servers that they give you in your own lab running on the amazon cloud to to play with and experience and after that after your 14 days when you're ready to go because i know you're going to be you can sign up for a monthly service for 25 bucks if that sounds too much for you whoa let's back the bus up here 25 dollars a little is a little extreme how about 19 dollars? if you buy a year in advance you get it for 19 dollars a month you're just not going to find that anywhere else you're not going to find that kind of quality, certified external uh, um, high quality, certified by an external entity as being high quality content for $19 a month. You're just not going to find it anywhere else. Um, we we advertise for, we let them advertise on our show because we believe in their product and because our listeners tell us. I get e- email feedback every week saying, hey, I really like the Linux Academy. Thanks for turning us on to it. This is a service we do for you so that you can go get a job at Facebook. Because everybody loves Facebook. Yes, you need to get Not. a job at Facebook, and you need to set the timeline as the default. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that's the whole reason we back the Linux Academy, is so Facebook will quit defaulting to top stories. There and you so you can, when you go there, when you sign up, because I know you're going to, use the code EverydayLinux in the referral box and let them know that we sent you. Yeah, and and just remember, the Linux Academy is a great tool, but you know, it's it doesn't matter how awesome a tool set you have, that tool set doesn't build your house. You have to use it to get where you want to go. So if you're using it, you know, if there if there are if there is a better place out there to learn, I haven't found it. And while we're on the subject of Linux, Steam has released some numbers that shows that the Linux usage is skyrocketing up a whopping seven one thousandths of one percent in the past month. Yay. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at this rate, it won't be but three or four years and will overtake Windows Vista in terms of usage. Um yeah, you know, and the link will be in the show, it's but it's steampowered.com slash HW survey. Um if you total up Vista 32 and 64, it comes to be just over 3%. If you total up every Linux platform, it comes up as 1.2%. And again, maybe some of the windows is Linux in wine, but 1.2 is pretty close to the desktop average uh, Linux market share. So I think these numbers are probably pretty right on, which is kind of sad that um windows vista 64 bit has a bigger steam version than all of the linux distros out there running steam combined the largest linux is 14.4 64 bit lts and it's less than half a percent 
So maybe part of the problem is that those darn Linux users are just such an uh, odd group of people. In fact, according to the NSA, they're extremists. Really? I I cannot believe this when I came across this, but the NSA is targeting um, Linux journal readers and labeling them as extremists and the uh, linux journal is considered an extremist forum and the nsa is targeting linux users for increased surveillance it's uh, based on reports uh from a german media site as well as there was a couple of others um and you know the link will be in the show notes but i just you know it's only unbelievable in how absurd it is. It isn't unbelievable in that you think this could never happen. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the sad part is the NSA is so out of control. And, and this is a place where Americans, the reason the NSA is out of control is because we have let them get out of control. The reason the government is out of control is because we have let them. It's not big evil government doing bad things. It's people not caring because we're too busy watching cat videos on Facebook because that's what Facebook is putting as the top story. So see, here's my conspiracy theory for the week. The NSA has paid Facebook to jack with our emotions and paralyze us with cat videos. Um, so that way we can't stop them from surveilling the Linux, the Linux crowd who would be capable of stopping them if we tried. So there you go. That's Seth's conspiracy. I might have to start a section of the show called Seth's Conspiracy Theory of the Week. Uh, you know, but we may be an extremist audience, but we're not a huge one at 0.07% of the market. So I don't think they're too worried about it. You know, uh, bring it on. If If me wanting to see Facebook in a chronological order makes me an extremist, so be it. Um, I, you know, whatever. I, I and, maybe that's the reason my bandwidth at home sucks so much. Is I've got all this NSA malware on my machine, and it's constantly streaming back. So there's no bandwidth left for me to do anything. Yeah, that, darn that's, you, that's, NSA! You're, you're under such strict scrutiny that they're consuming your 1K of bandwidth that you have available there in Texas. Again, hey, it sounds hey, good to me. Know, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, uh, a good conspiracy story is often far more interesting than the truth. So NSA, you have made me an interesting person by labeling me an extremist. Otherwise, nobody would care. So thanks. You've increased my street cred. I wonder if this means they're listening to us and if we can claim them for numbers. Yeah, yeah. Listen yeah, to like by the, the NSA. Yeah. Oh, okay. This week in history... A sad, sad thing happened. It was a sad day in a, in a, in world history. Uh, July the fifth, so the day after July Fourth Independence Day, because you know we're developing our own language here at Element Op. Yes, we have OSX ten, we have the GIF GIFs, and now we have July Fourth Independence Day. Um, but on July fifth, nineteen thirty seven, Spam, the luncheon meat, was introduced into the market by the Hormel Foods Corporation. So thank you, Hormel, for providing fodder for the internet and Monty Python skits. Yes, uh, this week in history. 1937. 1937. So and, now you know, I know. Some people think they haven't made any more since then. <laughs> That's right. It's the original batch. <laughs> it's the original batch holding out. Um, you know, so uh, again, I'm not saying that. I've only heard that. Um, well, now I know what internet. time, what 
day to go back to in history in order to stop spam from happening. Forget killing Hitler. Stop spam from ever being. Uh, oh, what would we what would we call unsolicited commercial email in that case? You know what would be funny if you could go back in time. <laughs> And like, if you're an Apple hater, you could call it Steve Jobs. Oh, look at all this! I hate Steve Jobs. Uh, you know, or if you're an Apple lover, you could say, "Look at all the Bill Gates that Android. came in the mail today." Yeah, so, Android. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at all the OS X10. I guess. I, I had a great gift gif of the OS 10X operating system the other day, but uh, I have to call it gift gif from now on. Okay, no so now on to our topic of the week, which I didn't even mention during the open of the show. This week we're going to be talking about internet, uh, well, not just internet in general, but urban legends, uh, uh, myths, uh, stupid stories that people believe, whatever you want to call them. Uh, again, in our tradition of holiday shows being not about Linux and all the others being strictly dedicated to... No, I can't even Because it's, it. it's always yeah. a holiday somewhere. <laughs> It's a party going on down here. No kidding. Uh, So we're going to talk about, and I just wanted to start with, what is an urban legend and why do they exist? And and this is not based on my extensive research. These are my thoughts that I jotted down while I was talking about this. And, and, And... my thinking is humans are storytellers by nature. I mean, you get to, I saw it yesterday when I had, you know, 30 people sitting around at the tailgate sort of thing that we'd talk to each other in stories. Um, and, yep. and you're listening to a story of somebody tells, and that reminds you of a story and you cue that up in your head. And, and as soon as they stop talking, you tell your story related to the same thing. And as soon as you're done, somebody else tells their story related. To, and that's how we communicate with each other. We tell stories and often the stories have to have some sort of point, some sort of central thesis and you know during the day of oral days of oral history when everything came down uh through stories we had you know the morality plays which is what they called them in in, in greece for example um and in our modern technological culture is kind of devoid of these things so we've created our own form of of morality plays our own lore uh and so all these urban legends are stories that seem true because we want them to be true or maybe we don't want them to be true they're um uh, they have certain um, aspects of them. They, they generally center around some sort of warning uh, or some sort of uh, widely held belief that it buttresses something that you believe or want to believe, or it uh, it warns you against something like the the one the Facebook meme I've I've seen thousands of times um, is a picture of of this guy in a they're in like a um, a boxing a. Uh, underground fighting cage kind of thing this dude's jumping around doing all this kung fu stuff and a guy walks up and punches him knocks him out with one punch and and the story goes with it's a it's a marine or it's an airborne ranger or an ex-cop depending on what group of people is telling the story it changes it's actually a scene from a movie Yep. But that doesn't matter. The reality is irrelevant. It's something we want to believe. If you're a marine, you want to believe that the badass marine knocked out the guy with one punch. Um, you know, if you're obsessive about uh, being clean, you want to believe that the lady who didn't wash her hair had spiders build a nest in it and crawl out. You know, uh, so that's uh, the modern day urban legends are all that sort of stuff. It's either things that you want to warn people against or that you want to believe. Um and you can usually spot them pretty easily. They're they're long on claims and short on documentation because the documentation is well everybody knows, right? Everybody knows that X, and since X is true because everybody knows it, here's my story. 
Uh, so when you say the supporting facts are just, well, your common knowledge. And generally they wrap up with some sort of call to action. You know, don't ever um, put your boots on without checking first to see if a snake crawled into them overnight or a scorpion. in your suburban basement or a in, spider in Ottawa. Um, you know, right. <laughs> if you're out in the desert, that makes sense. If you're in an apartment building in Manhattan, less so. Uh, Immensely so, less so. Yeah. So there we go. That's my um, treatise on what an urban legend is. What do you guys think? Any Anything I left out? No, I would just say that, you know, usually an urban legend is, you know, it's not like Hercules. You know, those were Hercules were, was the urban legend of ancient Greece. Yes, um, but yeah. an urban legend is something that is set kind of modern as opposed to just, you know, myths and fables and legends are something that happened to our ancestors or in a, a preceding culture. So, you know, urban legends are told in such a way that it could be, it could have been someone, you know, right. uh, and it always was, well, I know a guy who this happened yeah, to. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it's not like my great, great grandpappy yeah. told me that his great, great grandpappy on his dying bed told him that there was only three people fought in the whole revolutionary war, right. you know, something like that. So <laughs> that would not be an urban legend, you know, and if your grandmother wants you to be judicious on your dates with young girls, she will tell you a story about the escaped convict and the bloody hook hanging from the door. Yep. You know, that's <laughs> it's always there's a reason for it. Um yeah, okay, and before we go any farther, guys, I'm gonna stop this recording once again. So now that we've talked a little bit about what an urban legend is, let's talk about some did you know that they existed before the internet? They did. Yeah, no kidding. Believe it or yep. not. Wait, um, wait. There was stuff before the internet? There was, in fact, a world. Be- my my daughter, my cute little five-year-old daughter, asked the question that I remember asking when I was a kid, and everybody has always... We were watching Wizard of Oz, and the Wizard of Oz begins in black and white. And she asked me a question I remember asking my mom watching Leave it to Beaver. Mama, what was it like when there wasn't color? So she thought, yep. because old things are in black and white, that at some point in the world, color came. Uh, and that doesn't have anything to do with anything. It just I thought it was cute, and it's it's that story that that's going to be lost at some point, right? Because at some point, ancient videos are going to be Blu-ray high def, uh, so they're not going to remember. Jeez. Mama, what that's was it like when the world was only two dimensions? Uh, that's almost that, a horrible thought, too, if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, before there was an internet, these things uh, spread around by by letters, chain letters. I remember yep. my mom getting a chain letter about if you send this to seven people, you'll get rich, but if you don't, you'll die. Um, yeah, and here's three people that died because they didn't do it, right. so you better do it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember getting those. Yeah, I remember in, we got – we. I remember one coming to our house, and it was a big deal. I don't remember if they did anything about it or not, but I remember it was a big deal when we got it. I, my mom sent them out. I mean, she's a very superstitious woman, and I remember her going and and getting stamps and and going because you it was a big deal to make copies back then. We had yeah. to go find a place where we could make copies, uh, uh, and and then she uh, put put the stamps on and mailed them out, and yeah, it, it was a thing. Um, and then when we moved into the modern age of fax machines, 
Yeah. There was fax lore. Remember those things that would just come in unsolicited, the, the the spam of the fax world. Somebody would just hit send all. So this thing, these things have been around forever. Ever. Then email made it even easier. Oh my gosh! I used to have a a separate filter set up in the pre Gmail days on Thunderbird. Actually, it wasn't it wouldn't have been Thunderbird back then. It would have been Netscape Messenger, Netscape yep. Communicator. That's what it was called. I had a filter looking for certain words like Nigerian or uh, beta email tracking <laughs> program, and it would just send those things straight to, to spam. For a while there, I was sending out reply all, hey, guys, this is stupid. Then I realized I was part of the problem then because all those other people just got the spam plus my spam on top of it. Yeah. Um, but when I was you know 20 years old and thought I knew everything, I used to, to set these people straight. Uh, mm-hmm. nobody on the internet has ever done that before. Right. Let me, let me, no. let me set you straight. YouTube commenter. Um, <laughs> and, and now in my world anyway, they pretty much show up on Facebook. I don't get them an email much anymore. What are, what are you guys? What's, what's the method you see these urban legends? Um, go ahead, Seth. I was going to say, I pretty much see them on Facebook and I don't think I see the right wing conservative idiot um ones uh, yeah. because you know most of my friends are conservative um you know uh we're christian bible believing southern republican dead gummit we know the right way to live um but so you know and i know you're the, actually an extremist yes because you're uh, yeah, using linux i am yeah. but uh you know and so i know that people who are more liberal i'm sure they they get some too i, I don't think you know, but yeah, most of the ones I see are Facebook and I sometimes they're so egregious or, you know, if I see it one time, okay. But when it pops yeah, up yeah. half a dozen times, different people each time, then I will go and I will try to address it. And man, sometimes you're Satan. How yeah, dare you yeah. blaspheme this thing I saw on the internet from random strangers who are never wrong, uh, but you, my friend, who I've told you many times how smart you are, you're stupid this time because you don't agree with me. You hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me so? I was going to say, yeah, I see a lot of my, the, a lot of that stuff come through Facebook, but not just Facebook. I've been seeing some uh, DMs and, and at replies on my Twitter feed uh, yes. of the same stuff. Uh, and I chalk that up mainly because I got such a short Twitter handle, um, and people are just trying to take over all the short <laughs> Twitter handles. So, uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it's a lot of Facebook, a lot, you know, I even see it over on Google plus, which surprised me when I first saw it, when I saw the first one, I'm like, okay, Google plus is usually a lot of, of the more, I don't want to say more intelligent, well, see, but you're getting into elitist. doors elitism there. See? Yeah. The more elitist of yes. of social media, I guess, would be the better way of putting it. Um, I don't and, know if and, that's right. And often, you know, let's talk about that. Uh, often, these these uh, urban legends want they prey on your thinking that you're smarter than the next guy. Like what Seth was talking about, the political stuff. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, can you believe how dumb this is? Now, I'm going to pick on the guy just because it's. So uh, ridiculous! I can't I can't remember his name off the top of his head, but the the representative from I think Louisiana who was worried that Guam might tip over, you've seen that, right? It's hilarious. No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, Go- Google yeah. it. It's it's a thing. It really happened. This dude was actually concerned that with the increased troop movement on Guam, the island might tip over because it's longer than it is narrow. 
uh, than it is wide. It's a very long and narrow. And he was afraid that if we moved all the troop deployments over to one end, the island might tip over. It's real. So when you have those things out there, you don't need to make stuff up. Uh, (laughs) That's my point. But often you see these, you know, can you believe how racist Axe guy is? And it's uh, because you want to believe that somebody who disagrees with you is a bad person. So these memes spin up. You know, we call them memes. They're they're urban legends. They're they're all sort of the same thing. They're they're hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and the first thing that came to my mind when we started talking about these is the the nine eleven myths. They're still around, uh, right? Uh, I mean, I remember hearing back when it began about this guy who quote rode the building all the way down, and it was a miraculous story. And it was that one was even reported on the news. I remember uh, um, Peter Jennings on ABC News telling that one. Um, and at the time, I thought that's just not humanly possible i mean the just the ride quote riding the building down is no different than jumping off of it you're still falling at 32 feet per second and you're going to splat on the rubble but you know it's it's again it's one of those things people wanted to believe uh yeah. and then that widely focused uh, circulated photo that i saw i don't know if you guys saw it was a guy standing at an observation deck on on one of the towers and and there was a plane badly sh- photoshopped into it that thing was passed around via email so many times and it was you know you could see the aliasing around the 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 airplane it was obviously photoshopped but it doesn't matter that's the thing you try to respond to these urban legends with logic and it doesn't matter cuz people want to believe them and yep. as we all know from any religious or political debate, if you want to believe something, facts make it irrelevant. Yeah, it's like, you know. How dare you bring facts into this discussion of fallacy? <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole Obama's birth certificate thing. Um, oh, yeah. Golly, if somebody believes that he's, you know, the whole birthers, it doesn't matter what what you show them. You know, here's the doctor that delivered me, <laughs> still matter. alive, and here's the videotape. This is Barack Obama. See, see the little birthmark on his bobo. Uh, it's still there today. And look outside; it's it's the volcano erupting in the background. So it's Hawaii. Dad gummit, he wasn't born here. I know. That's yeah. just that's Photoshop right there. Yeah. Uh, so, Seth, the one that, that you wanted to make sure to mention was Mr. Rogers, everybody's favorite childhood man oh, yes. of peace, was never a man of war. Yes, Mr. Rogers did not fight the Viet Cong. He was not a Navy SEAL. You know, um, he was, however, sniper. a minister. Yes. But yeah, yeah he was a super sniper, right? I, I thought that was what it was. He was yeah, a super sniper in different he, ones. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And Lee Marvin did not fight alongside Captain Captain Kangaroo and win the Navy Cross. This did not happen, people. Yes, um, and the thing is, the reason this one gets away, people quote an interview from the Tonight Show that um, Lee Marvin was talking. You know, where he was talking about his Navy Cross. He says, "But the man I served under, it was Captain Kangaroo." And you know, which Lee Marvin was on the Tonight Show, and he did serve in the in World War Two. And, you know, and he, he was, he was wounded in battle. So it wasn't like he was some body on the back lines, but you know, people take this event. You remember when Lee Marvin was on the tonight show? Yeah, I remember that. Well, you remember what he said? He said, blah, blah, blah. You're right. He did say that. Um, so, uh, and, uh, yeah. So those are the, those are the two 
that really made me think about this. And the Lee Marvin one I saw, I it came across my Facebook feed like two weeks ago, and I went, "Yeah, we're we're doing a we're doing an internet talk <laughs> show," um, because there were several others that came across, and it's just like. Yeah, you know, I just want to talk about them. And since more people listen to this show than follow me on Facebook, <laughs> I decided to do it here. Or like the free iPad, if you oh, reply yes. to this and link it, like it and, and share it. Uh, how many of those have you seen? Well, that's just the free iPad. Yeah, you know, that's just free... link bait. That's all that yep. is. You know, get likes on my thing. page. Yeah. If you, you want know, to link believe baiting. it. And and often, one of somebody sharing it will say, "This is true. My cousin picks hers up tomorrow." Okay, that's mm-hmm. totally BS, but I I think that normal people get sucked into the believing this stuff so much so that they will lie in service of the lie. Yep. Well, yeah, don't question me. Here's my proof. Uh, yeah. So, And, you know, one of the ones that I, I fortunately I don't see so much anymore, but I still do, uh, was um, X-Virus will destroy your entire hard drive if you look at it. And yep. and after a while, that began. They started tacking on lines. This was on CNN or CBS or or I saw one. It was just you know Fox News, ABC. And they just went through the TV guide and listed everything. <laughs> and and you know, unfor- the unfortunate reality is that some of the viruses have gotten so good now they can actually do some of the things that uh, that this claims. Crypto Locker can't erase yes. your drive, but it can make stuff uh, more difficult. I had this at one point, uh, like seven paragraph rebuttal to that email that I just auto replied to anybody who sent me one with one of those. And it was a very intelligent thought. Okay. Let's talk about why this isn't technically possible. For example, you say that I'm going, that it's going to erase my whole hard drive. Well, that's not even possible because when I get to the point where I erase something that is critical for this program to run, it will stop running and you can't, it's not possible to erase your whole hard drive. Can't be done. It's, it's technically impossible. Um, and then, you know, at the time I used to say you, you can't be infected passively. You have to do something today. You can be infected somewhat passively. Uh, but the big thing is when the, when there's a big virus, remember Melissa and the, I love you virus and the NIMDA virus, they were actually on the news. You didn't hear about them on the internet. So if the first time you hear about something is, is via Facebook, that's a big warning sign right there. Yep. Or at least it should be. And whatever you do, don't forward it to somebody else. Um, okay, moving right along. What else we got here? Uh, oh, that I mentioned it earlier. Fortunately, this one has kind of gone away. But Microsoft's email tracking program, where they will pay oh, you God. money for everybody you send that email to. And then somehow they linked up with Disney at some point. And Walt Disney's sons, he had daughters, no sons. Walt Disney's son was behind this. And if you forwarded it to 3,000 people, you would get a free Disney vacation. And it just, again, people want to believe it. And almost every time I would get it forwarded with a, a disclaimer of what couldn't hurt, right? And then they'll forward it on anyway. Yes, it can hurt. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, when when you measure the legitimate email sent is less than 1%, yes. Um, you know, something is wrong when out of every 100 out of every 1000 messages less than 10 are legitimate flying between companies. Right. Uh, you got a problem. So Oh, and this one, I, I'm not sure which one of you put that in there. I woke up missing a kidney. I love that one. Um, no, 
never happened never gonna happen yeah you you know uh you i'm sure i don't know i know i saw it a lot on email i don't remember i haven't seen it recently on facebook i don't know if i ever saw it on facebook or not but you know you partied too hard and then you passed out and you woke up in a tub of ice with a, a note taped to your chest saying Hey, thanks for your kidney. Call 911. Don't get out of the tub or you'll die. And here we put the phone right beside your bed. Um, and then, you know, there were quotes from, you know, paramedics and everything that this happened in New Orleans. I remember it, New Orleans mm-hmm. was a big deal. Um, foreign countries that you visited were also a big place where it supposedly happened. But yeah, the, I, I'm whole missing a kidney. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's again, it's the morality play. Everybody who fell victim to, to, to this was partying too hard or at a bar picking up a chick or or got a free drink from a guy again if if you had been at home reading your bible like you were supposed to you'd have both your kidneys right now yep (laughs) or uh uh, what was another one that was good about the missing kidney or uh oh the i'm lost i've lost my pay my uh passport my wallet and all my spending money and you need to send me money to to so I can get home because I'm stuck in a jail. Yeah, that was a real scam. And let's talk. I'll skip ahead there and talk about the the Nigerian scam right along with that. That's not so much a hoax as a scam as real people doing real things to really separate you from your money. Uh, yeah. And and that one is one of them. The Nigeria scam or the 419 scam. Um, Barrister Umbakde Nugubaklu, uh, on behalf of the Umdumtu family, would like to deposit ten billion dollars in your account, and then then you'll transfer all all of it, but a billion out, and you can keep the ten percent. Um, and and this has been going on. I, I did some research on this since the twenties. This has been going on really? in paper format, um, and. You know, wow. and and then the popular thing was some some dignitary is in a Spanish prison and needs a little money for you to get him out. Uh, and then you know, once you get out, he'll reward you handsomely. But it's always you know, you you bribe somebody. Uh, you you got to send you got to spend an administration fee, and then well, we're in Nigeria. It's a corrupt company, so I need a little money to bribe this person, or I I need some airfare, and and it's. You've bought into the I'm going to get millions, so I might as well spend ten thousand. And before long, you've spent all your money, and then they're gone. And this is a real thing; it's a scam. It's not a hoax. Um, and uh, recently, the, uh, the not too recently, it's ninety seven, ninety eight, somewhere around there. The uh, the I forget the government. I think maybe the Treasury. I'm I'm riffing from memory here. Uh, said that they estimated some ten million dollars had trans uh, transpired due to these kinds of scams. Uh, wow. in, in one, in that one year alone. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain people who, if that happens, they're not going to tell you it happened right. because they would rather have lost the $10,000 than admit they were yeah. a sucker. Not be embarrassed. Yeah. It's amazing how much being, not being a sucker can cost you. Yeah. And yep. then, <laughs> then there are those that fall in the category of slacktivism. By doing nothing, you can, uh, can bring about great change. Don't buy gas on May 29th. If nobody buys gas on May 29th, big oil will come crashing to their knees. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Another one that was really popular um, when Venezuela was in the news was don't buy from Conoco because right. they're, when the fact of the matter is most Conoco stations were owned by 
um, they were independent affiliates, uh, and, uh, they weren't owned by Conoco, but rather they were an independent company under the Conoco brand who was, it was owned by mom and pop. It wasn't owned by Conoco and mom and pop was the manager. So by not buying from Conoco, you're putting the local small business people out yeah. of office. The oil is, the Venezuela, if they can't sell their oil to Conoco, they'll sell it to Exxon or Mobil or, you know, I guess, uh, Gulf became Chevron, but you know, BP needs oil after all they spilt in the Gulf. So it'll come out somehow. <laughs> uh, and you know, the, 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 the gas on a certain day thing, well, they don't care if you fill up on Thursday or Saturday, you're yeah, still going to fill up, money. you know? Um, and the only, and, and the, and like unto it is the, the 300 mile per gallon engine that is out there and big oil just won't let it come to be. No. Or I save X amount of money by only filling up in the morning because it's scientifically proven that, you know, you're saving, you know, that fuel expands when it's hot. And so if you fill up in the heat of the day, you're not getting as much for your money, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, I saw on the internet, it must be true. That's right. (laughs) And, and, you know, we, we alluded to it earlier, Photoshop pictures, but today things are, it's so easy to, Photoshop, for lack of a better word, video that all sorts of fake videos are out. You know, I, I mentioned earlier yep. the the video clip. Uh, there's lots of times you'll take a clip from a movie or something. Uh, like most recently, I saw one with a this passenger aircraft nearly crashed on like a floor, supposedly a Florida beach, and you look at it and. It's obvious to anybody who knows anything about just basic physics that something that size can't move in that manner. I was gonna post a picture in the notes, but I couldn't find it and i was too lazy to go look for it uh but you know if you just pay attention even a little bit you can see that these things aren't true and seth has one like unto it which is a a uh a, an airplane doing something that an airplane can't do yes um it's been a couple of weeks and recently i saw it again where supposedly this marine pilot in an f-35 doing a vertical takeoff um it kind of goes up and it does this complete 360 flip and the pilot recovers miraculously and saves his 70 million dollar aircraft and talking about how awesome the pilot is we'll come to find out it's a video game and uh you know but the thing is it's really done well and you know i don't think it's possible just mechanically possible but they made it look believable enough, especially for a video game. And you can't quite tell. And so, you know, I, I did some digging on it about the third or, like I say, once or twice, I don't really care to look. But when I start seeing it m- multiple times, then I like to put a little bit of effort into it and found out it's from, I don't remember the one. It might have been one of the Call of Duties or Battlefields or any of the other you know, shooters that have been released in the last couple of years. But yeah, it's this F-35 doing this flip after vertical takeoff on an aircraft carrier. And the link for that will be in the notes so you can uh, watch it. I found it on YouTube. Yeah, that one was obviously, a, I, I when I when I pulled that link up, Seth, the very first thing I went is, hey, I saw that done in a video game. Because <laughs> it was a video game. Yeah, and on that clip, you can see like there's like a health meter or something on it. But the the one that I saw on Facebook, somebody had kind of edited those things out. And so you couldn't see the vi- your video game stats framing it. You could only see the action. And uh, like I say, I, I, I wanted to look because if a pilot could do that, if we had a pilot that could do that, 
you know, we would win every war. Just give that guy a plane. And if he gets shot down, if it takes a million soldiers to rescue him, it'll be worth it because he'll save it on the next one. Yeah. I mean, if again, it's, it's against the laws of physics. Yes. A, a Harrier jet might be able to do a 360, but not in that tight of space. It's just not possible. Yeah. There's not enough. You can't do it. But people, they, they go, Oh, that's cool. And they move on. And I think a lot of this is just the forward first economy. Forward first, then I'll look at it. And that's where, you know, all the, the upworthy stuff comes from. This happens, and you won't believe what happens next. Oh, really? Yep. Well, let me forward that, and then I'll go look at it. Oh, well, I, I really do believe that. How many times has Adam Sandler died now? I can think of five or six. Yeah, that, at least. That, you know, he's he's died snowboarding or skiing or s- snorkeling. Um, I saw an interview with Adam Sandler who who's thought it was quite funny you know he says my career may have died a couple of times but uh, i'm still here <laughs> yeah and like uh, bill cosby has uh, been killed a couple of times um yep. i think morgan freeman uh and michael him. jackson died many times before he died yep. yeah jackson. samuel jackson he he's he's been dead many times yeah. so there's tons of them it's it's almost kind of scary with how many how many times a, a you know celebrity figure has died uh but, in, in a row but you know, it gets on Facebook or Twitter or or some other Twitter? social, yeah, or some other social media site, and then it takes on a life of its own, right. and everybody knows it. And then you have these other aggregator sites; they start reporting it that you don't know, and then you know it takes real media, you know, television, um, in radio, it takes, cause they have to track the guy down and say, Hey, did you know you died three days ago? Really? I don't recall <laughs> yeah, that. Cool. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> then they have to schedule an interview and then it's like, Oh, but you know, is it real? Is it a hoax? Blah, blah, blah. And because nobody cares to check, you know, because we're all too busy commenting on what was commented on right. rather than looking to see if it was true. Um, yeah, and and uh, th- let's go on while we're talking about how many times have have famous people been quoted as saying something, you know, and it's really easy to make up a quote, put a guy's picture beside it, and boom. Most recently, Ryan Gosling on Father's Day wrote a heartfelt, emotional thing about how he adopted a child and had the father come back and take the child away from him. A, it never happened, and B, it's not legal for that to happen you don't adopt a child unless the parent the living parent has this rights terminated or gives them up but it doesn't matter it was heartfelt and it was a guy people care about but when you mm-hmm. when you go to the links on it it's a link to a cell clothing and a ryan gosling apparel so get yep. but nobody looks that far in advance oh this made me cry and it's about a guy whose movies i like or songs I like, or books I read, or whatever it is, and and you just move on. So uh, a half a second of thought would stop all of these dead in their tracks. Yeah, I remember I got caught on one. It, it was a cool quote. I don't remember what it was, but I think it was by. It was attributed to Morgan Freeman, and it was one of those. It was it was a gift gif with his picture on it, uh, and so you know, oh, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is so cool. I didn't believe, I didn't know Morgan Freeman said that, and so I forwarded it, and Mark actually replied and said, uh, you know, this is fake, right? And so I looked, and I went, oh crap, they got me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you know, I mean, all it it happens to all of us at least once. We get caught up in the moment, and we perpetuate the whatever. 
Yeah, and while we're talking about all the things on Facebook, Facebook itself is no mystery or no, uh, yeah, uh, uh, mystery to having myths about it. How many times have you seen the Facebook is going to make you pay if you don't post this or if you yeah. don't post this disclaimer? Facebook owns everything. Oh, I got so sick of seeing that same disclaimer until a friend of mine who's a lawyer wrote this beautiful piece, taking it apart piece by piece. And I thought it was awesome. And of course, that didn't get a single like or reshare you know the 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 educated intelligent door um the person who was educated in the art and also intelligent uh who wrote a a a well-reasoned rebuttal that the crickets chirped at that one but if you want you know i post this here and you can't own my stuff people will do that like crazy or if you don't go here and click here and click here you won't see my posts anymore Look, Facebook is going to show you what they want to show you anyway. Well, it doesn't no, matter. And, and the thing was, doing that step made it where you didn't see their posts. Yeah. It, but the 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 uh, the steps were, it, your Facebook is trying to pull us apart, and and if you want to continue to be my friend and see all this awesome, intelligent, educated stuff I say, you have to go here and do this and click that and select and this. click unsubscribe. <laughs> and, and what you did, because I was like, okay, what happens? I went and did this, and to unsubscribe from the user's feed, do this. And so by doing this thing to stay connected, you were actually distancing yourself from them. But you were too busy. Oh, I love I love yeah. Susie, and I don't want to miss anything she says. You know, Mark Twain was once famously quoted as saying, the lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets his pants on. Um, and, you know, that's the way it is. The lies are more fun. Again, like I talked about the anatomy of a, an urban legend, we want to believe them. So therefore, we want to disbelieve the rebuttals of them, right? Um, and you know, and and Facebook is going to reset all your privacy settings if you don't do this. Facebook resets privacy settings all the time. It's a good idea to go back and check things because they will it's uncheck scary. things, they will unsubscribe you from things, they will resubscribe you to things, uh, and nothing you can do. Again, don't let, you're not the the um, the audience; you're the product. You're not be you're being sold. Yeah, Abraham Lincoln once said, the problem with internet quotes is that you can't always depend on their accuracy. <laughs> yes, I believe that. Abe was a very um, forward-thinking guy. Well, and he, most he recently, can't lie, right? Yes, right. right. <laughs> but Abraham Lincoln said it, so it yes. must be true. The, most recently, the one that, I, that has been burning up my Facebook page is, if you feed ice water to your dog, they'll explode. Yep. I've seen <sighs> that one quite a bit. It takes one brain cell to realize that's stupid. But nobody devotes even one brain. I love my dog. I'm going to forward this. Well, because, no, Mark, it's true. Because my vet told me, because this has happened so much, you know, he's all he's had to put down all these dogs that have died because their owners fed them ice water. Yeah. So, and I want to pass this along to you. Uh, yeah. It's almost and- scary how often that is that, that one shows up in your feed. Um, I actually started you know, muting people when I saw that one. It's like, yeah, yeah. you're not you're intelligent enough for me to watch anymore. <laughs> That's It's an IQ test. That's yep. exactly what it is. Every time somebody gets one of those, you just say, too dumb to know me. I just, yep. you're Mute. officially off my list. Yeah, It's it w- awesome. It feels so good when you no longer see those <laughs> stupid things in your feed anymore. It's like, ah, oh, it's so yeah. nice. One that I... <laughs> I love the the sentiment behind the quote, but it is not true. Um, I forwarded on as true one time was uh, 
do uh, do a Davy do a quote on Davy Crockett and the government. Just do a Google search on this, and you'll hear a story about Davy Crockett when he was uh, politicking for re-election to uh, to Congress, and uh, it's not true. But it is such a great story if you're a political conservative. Um, and, you know, and while it's, it's one of those things, I agree with the, uh, mindset behind it, but the story itself is pure fiction. Right. Um, and one that I've seen a lot also is, um, democracy and the fall of the Athenian Republic that talks about how America is like the Athenian Republic. And then it goes on. Well, you know, you know, first of all, Athens wasn't a republic, exactly. it was a democracy. Um, and, and second of all, Alexander Tyler, who supposedly wrote it, was a historian, but he never wrote it. So, right. you know, like I say, those are the ones that are hard because there's so many, pl- and those stories have been around for so long that educated people have them on their websites as actual quotes. And it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to figure out if it's true or not. And a lot of intelligent people and a lot of educated people uh, get caught up in the lie and end up perpetuating it. See, one of the things though, when it, when we're going down this quotes line, sometimes though, I actually enjoy the quote enough that I'll keep the quote and I'll just remove the part of who it was from. Yeah, right. Just put anonymous. Yeah. I, I'll just put anonymous. Like, um, that anonymous a, dude, he was smart. He was. No kidding. But there's a couple of them that I, I kind of take the, the meaning of the, the phrase to heart, and I don't care who said it. Right. <laughs> uh, and one I've seen just very recently is that there's a new federal law rage, raising the minimum drinking age to 25. Okay, there's a couple problems with that. There's no current federal law about drinking age. That's not within the power of the federal government. Drinking age is set by state and every state has their own. It just happens that most of them are at 21 right now, but yep. that's, it's not, there's no federal mandate for that. Uh, I, again, I don't know the Georgia laws, but in Texas, if you get married, you can get married as early as 16 with, uh, parents' permission. And once you're married, you can drink. So a legal way to prove that you're allowed to drink is to show your marriage certificate to somebody. And I knew, you know, I knew 17 year olds who were married that did that. Um, Hmm. And, you know, every state has its own weird laws and, you know, and, and you may go to Biola Battery, Alabama with Forrest Gump and you may be able to belly up, be able to belly up to the bar at 12. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it doesn't matter. People see it. Well, I'm 25 and I get drunk every night. This is a bad thing. I'm going to write my congressman. And, and what they mean by write my congressman is hit share all. Uh, <laughs> that's, and they think, you know, it doesn't help by the, by the way. If you are passionate about anything political and you actually want to uh, enact governmental change, don't do it electronically. Make a phone call, write a letter, get a pen and a piece of paper. In my case, I would have to go buy both of those things. I don't own one. Um, (laughs) I would have to borrow a crayon and some construction paper for my seven-year-old. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. Just throw that out there. Uh, Tweeting your congressman never works. Because yeah, it's always, that's right. It, it's never the congressman and it's or woman. Right. It's the uh, some lab monkey whose well, job also, it is to do that. It's so hard to prove. You know, I have what do I have? I have like six different email addresses. So if I send the exact same message six times, ooh, look, six people sent this. Nope, one guy sent it through yeah. six different email addresses. You know, or I you can make a thousand different Twitter feeds. Um, so you know. 
but scammers aren't going to take the time to address a, an envelope and pay for the cost of a stamp uh, to do something. Yeah, and then there's the the uh, the the just miscellaneous dumb stuff. The one that I have here is if you're in a falling elevator and you jump just before you hit the bottom, it won't kill it'll you. Save you. Yeah. Okay, it'll there's save your there's life so many things it. wrong with this. A, how do you know just before you're going to hit the bottom to jump? B, this will only work if you can jump 32 feet per second through a, a hole in the top of the elevator. Um, otherwise, you're falling at 32 feet per second. You jump two feet per second. You hit the ground at 30 feet per second. You will die uh, or yep. at least break things. Um, or all there, of the above. What What are some other things that you can think about? That Just the quote-unquote conventional wisdom. Uh, that Having you know, a like, penny under your tongue will stop you from crying when cutting an onion. Okay, I've never heard that one. Oh, you haven't? I heard yeah. that one. I hear that one all the time. The um, you know, the like the there's there's ones in traffic too. Like uh, well, we, the dumb one. It never flash your lights at somebody because it's a gang initiation and you might oh, yeah. get murdered. What? <laughs> or if you flash your lights at a stoplight, the light will change because it thinks you're a policeman. Oh, funny! I've never heard that one. You haven't heard that one either. Oh. No. Yeah, I heard that one quite a bit. Um, uh, those are just off the top of our head. We, we all hear these dumb things every day. And if you hear dumb things off enough, they start to sound smart, especially if you heard your mom say it or your dad say it. somebody you respect and believe. Yeah. Um, and that's where a lot of the things, these things gain traction, a, an ignorant person that doesn't know any better, but has high standing in your eyes, says something ignorant. You assume they know about it and it goes. And, and the, the the virus ones that I was talking about always comes from quote somebody who knows everything about computers. You know, my cousin oh, who yeah. knows all about computers said this is true. Well, your cousin doesn't know all about computers. Yeah, yeah, I hear, and, that one. I hear those a lot. Yeah, and you know, sometimes these things are started as a joke, but then somebody doesn't know it's a joke and thinks it's a serious story. Um, I think most people in our audience have heard of the onion, the, uh, you know, the fake news story site, and uh, they've done some truly classic things over the years, but one time, and, uh, you know, there's a link that'll be in our show notes where it's a list of times that the people have been fooled by the onion. But I remember it was news because the news service, well, no, the news service in China thought that this story that the onion did was true. And, um, you know, I'm not pulling up that particular link to look at it, but other places, people in the States have been fooled by the onion as well. And again, the onion isn't claiming, Hey, this is a true story. They're putting it out there as a joke, but somebody doesn't understand that and or it gets forwarded and somebody doesn't see it's the onion so they think it's true but they distort a couple of facts so you can't search it and the next thing you know boom another urban legend is born yeah well the onion is is satire so that's how they can get away with some of their comments and not being sued for being uh uh oh what is that called uh libel Yes, Slander? libel yeah. and slanderous. So, what can you do? I mean, if 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 you're not educated in the ways of these things and you don't know any better, what can you do to suss things out? How common about Snopes.com? You know, sometimes common sense can be fooled. Uh, Snopes.com is a great place to go. It's started by Barbara and David Mickelson 
just two folklorists who study this sort of stuff, but now it's a, it's a whole thing. They have a whole team of researchers mm-hmm. who research these things. Um, and you can go type, like if you get something on Facebook, you just copy and paste the text of it into the search box. You, odds are you're going to find it. And, and they, they tell you whether it's true, whether it's fact, whether it's um, a true thing with a false claim, uh, like the... Um, the camel spider, I think, the picture you've seen of that where it looks like the spider's t- uh, 10 inches long, it's being held by a soldier. Well, yep. they're actually, you know, they're big, but they're not that big. The camera angle makes it look bigger, and they don't have acid in their veins, and they don't bite through steel Humvees. Um, but, you know, they took a real picture and stuck a, a fo- false claim under it. And then the guys at Snopes.com, this is what they do. They make their money doing this. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, how do they make money? Ads on the site. So you got to deal with the fact that there's ads there, but it's worth it. Um, and so that's, I have a, a just a, a, a bookmark, a shortcut key to Snopes.com. Uh, if I ever have any doubt, I go there. And sometimes it's fun just to go look. Yeah, I like doing the randomizer. They have a, a randomizer button where you can just randomly pull up some weird rumor or something. Um, oh, I, I just hit the randomizer and got the urine and Corona beer. Oh, yes, yes. That, that was a good one. I remember that one when I was tending bar. Um, yeah, some of them are great. Yeah, and the stuff, you know, can Coca-Cola really dissolve a quarter? Uh, you know, stuff like that. So it does... Does um, aspartame turn into formaldehyde when it gets hot in the back of a truck? Uh, no, but I've I've seen that you know uh, artificial sweetener NutraSweet has been blamed for Alzheimer's and autism, oh, yeah. and you know I blame it for not tasting all that great. That's the only thing I blame it for. <laughs> no kidding. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know they have their hot lists. They come out with daily, so it's like the twenty-five most common ones. And I haven't heard this yet, but apparently the car- the actress who plays Flo on all the progressive commercials, she was killed in a traffic accident. Now again, that's not true, but it's being reported as true on uh, you know email, social media. And the real tragedy is she was uninsured. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. She was using Allstate for her insurance, and so they refused to pay. Uh. So here's every good thing ends with a call to action, right? That's what I said about the anatomy of an urgent urban legend. Here's our call to action for the show. Search before you send. No kidding. Don't reshare. And, and just that's a great catchphrase. Spread it. Among, go out. Go ye and make disciples. Tell your family. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Um, if you've got a little hamster in a ball, who's your dad? I don't get those commercials. Search before you send. Take an extra 30 seconds. What if your wife is a marionette doll? <laughs> marionette, not marionette. Marionette, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the, the other one I, I want to say, and just to, because it's a, you know, PSA moment, um, about the bank ATM pins. Have you guys seen that one? I've seen lots of them about it. Where if you put it, your pin in backwards, it calls the police. Oh. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. This system just says that's not the right pin. But number. that is based on, uh, there is some truth in that. I used to repair bank ATMs, and I was given a special code that changed periodically where if I were held up when I was doing it and I had to put in a code, I was supposed to put in this code, and then that would alert the system and trigger a call. And and so, you know, it wasn't a PIN number backwards, but it's it was a special code given to um technicians. Uh, yeah, yeah, given to technicians it. that yeah. would um that would alert the the truth. So there are 
you know, there is some truth in that statement and somebody, but it got corrupted around into your ATM code backwards because all that would say is all that would be doing would be alerting the cops that there's another drunk person on the street. (laughs) And uh, if you want a DUI conviction, you know, go here. Search before you send. Definitely search before you send people. It will, it'll be good. All right, so now it's time to move on to our dev slash random part of the show. And this week, Chris is making up for lost time with two, count them, two links for you. I am. This week is, I've been playing with my new phone like I I told you guys I would be doing for a while. But I've ran across a couple of different programs that are, uh, for my phone, is actually kind of fun to play with. Uh, If you've never heard of IFTTT, If This Then That program for your phone it's kind of a neat way to build scripts for your phone to do things without you telling it to do the things so like you can have your phone automatically text message somebody when you get to a certain g the gps location or turn on your lights when you get home or start your music in your pandora stream when you reach a certain place or there's tons of them They're, they're they're called recipes at their site um if you've never heard of this program, there's a couple other ones, uh, Tasker and I don't remember the other one, but I've been playing. Automated is one I've used. Yeah, Automated, that's another one. Um, but there's a whole slew of different things that you can do with these type of programs and they're fun to play with. Um, just be careful if you're using the GPS functionality. Um, I set one up just to play with it and, uh, evidently, the smallest range for one of the, I think it's on if, if this, then that program is like 300 yards is the smallest I can set the, the circle for the GPS location. And evidently 300 yards is in the middle of a park down the street that I was at. And so every time I cross that boundary playing with my kids, my wife got a text message saying I was home. <laughs> so she ended up with 50 text messages saying I'm home. It was hilarious. I laughed pretty, pretty extensively when she told me that. But go look at the programs. Um, if this, then that or Tasker are the two that I like the most. And there are so many things that those programs can do without you touching them. All right. And next up, next up is, you know, how we, we were talking earlier about how Steam and Linux haven't really gotten you know, a big foothold in the market. They're still kind of the, the redheaded stepchild. But this is a link to some of the Linux demos for the Unreal Engine, the Unreal Engine 4, which is the current one, and some of the things that people can do with this engine in Linux. It's just amazing what these are. Uh, they're videos, so it's someone's captured these out of an Unreal Engine render, um, but some of the stuff that they show in these in these little videos are just beautiful. So if you got a couple of minutes, go take a look at the Unreal Engine Linux demos for the Unreal Engine 4, which is the current one. Um, it's just amazing some of the things that they that people you know game designers can do with this program with this uh, framework. Oh my gosh, breaking news, breaking news, uh, brought to you on Element OP. Um, I pulled up Facebook just in time to see a somebody with, um, 
a legitimate photo New York State lawnmower inspection certificate. <laughs> um, starting August 15th, 2014, you have to have your lawnmower safely inspected in New York. Um, this is false, people. Here's another urban legend making the round. Sorry, I had to break the flow of the show and throw that in there. That's the bonus content. We might delete that and make it just for the Patreon. <laughs> oh, I forgot to flog Patreon. Elmanopi.com slash, excuse me, Patreon.com slash Elmanopi. Go pledge money. Uh, and now, Seth, what is your link of the week? Okay. Well, I tied it in to the theme as well. Um, Weird Al. He is awesome. And he released a, um, he released a song a while back and it's called Stop Forwarding That Crap to Me. And it is more of a, um, it's more designed for whenever email was the main thing. Um, and you know, the video isn't much, but it's just putting the words on there as it goes. But it's, it's Stop Forwarding That Crap to Me by Weird Al. The link will be in the show notes and I love the song. Let's listen to just a little bit of it, shall we? So we can get pulled down off of YouTube. <laughs> oh, the sand keeps falling through the hourglass And there's no way you're gonna slow it down You say we gotta treasure each moment Who knows how long we're gonna be around yeah, you keep on telling me life is short And it's hard to disagree with what you say But if time is so precious, why are you wasting mine? Cause I'm always reading, always deleting Every useless piece of garbage that you send my way Every stupid hoax, all those corny jokes So there you go. Stop forwarding that crap to me. Uh, copyright Weird Al 2011 Volcano Entertainment. <laughs> Just covering the legal bases there. Uh, if you have some crap you want to forward. To, no, that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible lead in, but it was that the was best horrible. Elementopi.com. <laughs> Click on the contact us button at the top of the page. Tell us your thoughts. What? Maybe we need to do this. This I, I'm going to do this after the show, uh, so it'll be there by the time this comes out. I'm going to create a new forum thread for best slash worst um, hoaxes or uh, urban legends. So let's see. What are some things? Uh, what I'm interested in is the urban legends from other cultures. For example, I, I am as I understand it, in certain Asian countries, it is not only an urban legend, but considered to be scientific fact that if you sleep in a closed room with a fan on, you will die. And this is really? still, yeah, I, this is still apparently a thing that pe real uh, people believe. Um, and so much so that I, I mean, again, I heard this on the internet that they actually put warning signs on electric fans saying, don't use this in a closed room or you will die. Um, Tell me if it's true. Uh, we've got listeners all over the world. Uh, what what are some urban legends in your world? Obviously, we've been talking about internet memes, internet urban legends. That those are those are global, right? But what are some local flavor? So I'm interested in that. Uh, elementopi.com, click the contact us button at the top of the page. Or if, like our good friend Door to Door Geek, you want to have your own voice on the show, you can do that by calling 559 I am Opie if you're in the continental North American area, or if not. 
just send me a you know a, an audio file. Keep it under you know say two minutes. Um, you can send me a, an MP3 or throw it in your Dropbox and link it to me. Something like that. Uh, I'm happy to uh, to do those uh, for those people who can't use Google Voice. And of course, there's always the forums uh, and uh, feedback there. Let us know what you think. Again, we run this show uh, on your suggestions and your email. Keep the feedback coming. I'm fine with you telling me I'm an idiot, um, that I'm uneducated and unintelligent. I'm fine with that. I put you at the head of the line. Tell us what you think. Elementopi.com. Click the Contact Us button. As always, thanks for being a listener. We appreciate it. Um, it, This show would be um, a lot more pointless if we didn't have listeners. It would just be three guys staring at each other with expensive microphones for no reasons uh so we thank you you literally give meaning to what we do thank you for that chris seth as always you've been a great host seth thank you for for making the drive out here to atlanta and showing the world how ugly my basement is in the area that i don't have uh at least somewhat covered uh so we appreciate that and uh, we'll see you all next week because that ends this episode of everyday Next.